0: The Hound of the Baskervilles by A. Colin Doyle Chapter 2 The Curse of the Baskervilles I have in my pocket a manuscript, said Dr. James Mortimer. I deserved it as you entered the room, said Holmes. It's an old manuscript, early 18th century, unless it is a forgery. How can you say that, sir? You was entered in an inch or two of it in my examination all the time that you have been talking. It could, it would be a poor expert who could not give the date of a document within a decade or so. You may possibly have read my little monograph upon the subject. I put that at seventeen thirty. That date is seventeen forty-two. Dr. Mortimer drew it from his breast pocket. This family paper was committed to my care by Sir Charles Baskerville, whose sudden and tragic death some three months ago created such excitement in Devonshire. I may say that I was, I was his personal friend as well as his medical attendant. He was a strong-minded man, sir, shrewd, radical, and an imaginative as I am myself. Yet he took this document very seriously. His mind was prepared for just such an end. It did eventually overtake him. Holmes stretched out his hand, and the manuscript and flattened it upon his knee. You observe, Watson, your use of longs and short is one of those several indications which enable me to fix the date. I looked over his shoulder and at the yellow paper and a faded script. Ahead was written Baskerville Hall. Below, in large, scrawling figures, seventeen forty-two. It appears to be a statement of some sort. Yes, it is a statement of a certain legend which runs in the Baskerville family. But I understand it is something more modern and practical than which you wish to consult me. Most modern and most practical. Pressing matter, which must be must be decided within 44 hours. And the manuscript is short and intimately connected. Intimately connected affair. the fair. With your permission, I will read it to you posed back in his chair, placed his fingertips together, and closed his eyes with an air of imagination. Lord so of turned the manuscript, the light and red, a high, crackling voice, the full and curious old-well narrative of the origin of the Hound of the Baskervilles. There have been many statements, yet as I come in direct line from Hugo Baskerville, as I had the story from my father, who also had it from his, I set it down with all the beliefs that it occurred, even it is here as it is here set forth. I would would you believe my sons same justice which punishes sin may also, also most grace most gracefully forgive it, and to no ban is so heavy, but my prayer and repentance it may be removed, learn then that this story not to fear the fruits of the past rather to circumspect in the future those foul passions whereby our family has suffered so grievously may not again be loosened to our done doing know oh, then that in the history of great rebellion history of which by my learned lord carrington i must earnestly command to your attention this manor of basculia was held by hugo the name nor can it be grain instead He was a most wild, profane, and garless man. Then in truth his neighbours might have pardoned. This in truth his neighbours might have pardoned, seeing that his saints had never flourished in these parts. But there was in him a certain warrant and cruel cool humour which made his boy name a byword through the West. It chanced that this Hugo came to love, if these so dark a passion may be known under so bright a name a daughter of a yeoman man who la- hailed lands near the best of a state, the young maiden being discreet a good repute would never avoid him for she feared his evil name would ever avoid him for she feared his evil name so it came to pass that one micamus this higo with five or six of his idol a wicked opinion, and down upon the farm, carried of the maiden and his father and brothers, being from their home, as well he, he well knew. When they had brought her to the hall, the maiden was placed in an upper chamber, while Hugo and his friends sat down to a long carousel, as, as was their nightly custom. Now the poor lass upstairs was like, to have a witch turned at singing, shouting terrible words which came up to her from below. For they say that the words used by Hugo Baskerville, when he was in wine, was such as might blast a man who said them. Alas, in stress of her fear, she did which might have adopted the bravest and most active man. For by men, by the aid of the growth of ivy, which covered and still covers herself wall, she came down by the eaves, so homeward across the moor, where, being three legs best the whole of her father's farm. It chanced at some little time later Hugo left his guest to carry food and drink, with other worse things perchance, to his captive, and so found the cage empty, bird escaped, and as it would seem, he became as one that have the devil, rushing down the stairs, into the dining hall he sprang upon the great table flagons and trenches flying before him he cried loud for all the company that he would that very night render his body and soul to the powers of evil if he might put but overtake the wrench and while the revellers stood aghast at the fury of the man more more and more wicked or it may be more drunken than the rest cried out they should put their hounds upon her Whereat Hogo ran for the house, crying to his grooms that they should saddle his mare and kennel the pack, giving the hounds of a t- c- den- kerchief for the maids, he swung them to the line, so awful crying the moonlight over the moor. Now for some space, the revellers stood agape, unable to understand all that had been done in such haste, that of none they had removed wits awoke wit to the nature of the deed which was like to be done upon the moorlands, every was now in an uproar, some calling for their pistols, some for their horses, some for another flask of wine. At length, some came back to the crazed minds and now the whole of them, thirty in number took horses started in pursuit. moon shone clear above them, they rode swiftly abreast, taking a colt that course which the maid must needs. Had taken if she were to reach her own home, it had gone a mile or two when they passed when the light shepherds over the moorlands, and they cried to him to know he had seen the hunt, and if a man as though he goes was so crazy a fear he would scarce speak by last he said he had indeed seen an unhappy maiden with the hounds upon the track, but he seen more than that. Said he, "For you go best go me upon his black mare, and then run mute behind him, such a hound of hell as God forbid should ever go be at my heels." So drunken squires cursed the shepherd and rode onward. But soon his skins turned cold, for there came a thing across the moor. Black mare dabbled with white froth, went past. A by the one empty saddle, and the revers rode close together with great fear was on them. But they still followed over the moor, for though each had been alone, would have turned right glad to have turned his horse, his head, riding slowly in his fashion they came lost upon the hounds, there though, known for their valour and their breed breed, there were whimpering a cluster, head of a deep dip or goyle. As we call it, upon the moor, some sinking away, and some with starting hackles and staring eyes gazing down the narrow valley beyond for them. The company came to a halt, more sober men, as you may guess, then when they started, and most of them would by no means advance. But three of them, the boldest, or it may be the most drunken, rolled forward down the goyle they it opened into broad space in which stood two those great stones still to be seen there which were set by certain forgotten peoples in the days of old No moon was shining bright upon the clearing and there in the centre lay the unhappy maiden where she had fallen dead of fear of fatigue There was not the sight of her body nor yet was it the body of hugo bresqueville lying near her which raised her hair upon their heads those 3 daredevil dare-devil oysters. But he was at, standing over Hugo, plucking his throat. There stood a foul thing, a great black beast, shaped like a hound, yet larger than any hound that ever mortal, ever mortal eye has rested upon. And even as they looked at the thing, tore the throat out of Hugo Besselville, at which it turned its blazing eyes and dripping jaws upon them. Freak shrieked with fear and rode for the dear life, till screaming across the moor, once it said, died. Their very night of what he had seen, and the other twain, were but broken men for the rest of their days. Such is the tale of my sons of the coming of the hound, which is said to have plagued the family so slowly ever since. If I have set it down, because that which is clearly known have less terror than which that is which but hinted and at the. At the and guest, nor can it be denied that many of the family have been unhappy in their deaths, which was been sudden, bloody, and mysterious. It may be shelter ourselves in the goodness of providence, which, which would not forgive, punish the innocent beyond the third or fourth generation, which is threatened by in the holy writ through the of sons, providence of my sons. Providence, my sons, I if I command you. Command you. And counsel you by way of caution to forbear crossing the moor those dark hours, then the powers of evil are exhausted. This is from Hugo Baskerville to his sons, Roger and John, with instructions that they say nothing thereof of to their sister Elizabeth. When Dr. Mortimer had finished reading this singular narrative, he pushed his spectacles up through his forehead and stared across at mist- Mr. Mist- Mr. Short Holmes, the latter, yawned and tossed the end of his cigarette into the fire. Well, did he, do you not, do you not find it interesting mm, to a collector of fairy tales? Dr. So Mortimer drew a folded newspaper out of his pocket. Now, Miss Holmes, I'll give you something a little more recent. This is Devon County Chronicle of May 14th for this year. It's a short account of the fact. This listed of the death of Sir Charles Basserville occurred a few days before that date. A friend leaned a little forward. His expression became intent of visit read. Adjusted his glasses began. The recent sudden death of Sir Charles Basserville, whose name had been mentioned, probable Liberal candidate for mid-Devon at the next election, cast a gloom over the county. Though Sir Charles have resided at Basserville Hill for a comparatively short period, his admirable ability of character and extreme generosity one an affection and respect of all who had been brought into contact with him these days and new virile riches refreshing to find a case where the action of an old country family which has fallen upon evil days is able to make his own fortune to bring it back with him to restore the fallen grandeur of his lying sir charles well known made large money, sums of money in a african speculation more wise than those who go on till the wheel turns against them, he realises his gains and returned to England with them. Thirty-two years since, he took up his residence at Baskerville Hall. It is common talk how large were those schemes of reconstruction, ex- of improvement which had been interrupted by his death. Being himself, tell us, it is his openly expressed desire that the whole country should. In his own lifetime profit his good fortune. Mm-hmm. Many will have personal reasons for bewailing his untimely end. His religious donations to local and county charities have been frequently chronicled in his columns. Transcences connected with the death of Sir Charles cannot be said have been entirely cleared up by the inquest, but least enough had been done to dispose of those rumours for which local has given reason has given rise. There's no reason whatsoever to suspect foul playing, or to imagine that death could be from any other natural any but natural causes. The so Charles was a widower, a man who may be said to have been in some ways of eccentric habit of mind. But if it's critical wealthies of for his private it's personal taste, the indoor servants, a basil hall considered of a married couple named Barrymore, the husband acting as a butler, his wife as but- housekeeper. Their evidence, corroborated by the several of, of several friends, tends to show that the child's health has at some time been impaired, points especially to some affection of the heart, manifests it itself in change of color, breathlessness, and acute attacks of nervous depression. The change, of a friend, a medical attendant of the deceased, has given evidence of the same effect. Facts of this case. Case is simple," Sir so Charles Baskerville. "Was a habit every night for going to bed and walking down the famous View Valley Alley of Baskerville Hall. Evidence of Barrymore shows that it had been this had been his custom. The fourth of May, Sir Charles declared his intention of starting next day for London and ordered Barrymore to prepare his car luggage. The night he went out, usual for his internal walk, the course of which was that in the habit of smoking a cigar, he had returned at twelve o'clock very morning, finding the door still open, came alarmed and lighted the lantern went in search for his master. A day he had been wet, and Sir Charles McFox Mark marks, were easily traced down the alley. Here, way down his walk, was a gate which leads out to the moor, indicating that Sir Charles had stood for some time here. He had been then down the alley. It was at the far end of it that his body was, uh, was discovered. One fact which has not been not been explained is the statement of Mary Moore. Whilst footsteps altered their character from the time he passed the Moorgate, they appeared from thence onward to have been walking upon his toes. While Murphy, a gypsy horse-dealer, was on the moor at no great distance at the time, he appears, by his own confession, had been the worse sort of drink. Declares he heard cries, Able to state, of what direction the cane the so violence was to be discovered upon Sir Charles's person. Although the doctor's evidence pointed to an almost incredible facial distortion, so great that Doctor Mortimer refused at first to believe, indeed his friend and patient who lay before him explained that it is a system symptom, which is not unusual in cases like dystonia, death from cardiac exhaustion, its evanation explanation borne out by post-mortem examination, which showed long-standing organic, organic disease, the coroner's jury returned a verdict in accordance with medical evidence. Is well that this is so, For to of the utmost importance that Charles Eyre should settle the whole and continue the good work, which has been so sadly interrupted, had the parasitic finding the coroner not Finding an end of the romantic stories, when whispered in connection with the affair, it might have been difficult to find a tenant at Baskerville Hall. It understood the next kin is Mister Henry Baskerville, who is still alive. The son, Sir Charles Baskerville's younger brother, a young man, when left heard or was in America. The cry has been instituted a form view of the forming of his good fortune. Doctor Mortimer refolded his paper and replaced it in his pocket. These are the public facts, Mr Holmes, "'in connection with the death of Sir Charles Baskill.' "'I think, must thank you,' said Sherlock Holmes, calling my attention. "'The case much certainly presents some features of interest. "'I observed some newspaper comment com- at a time but seemingly preoccupied by a little affair "'of the vac- Vatican cameos, and my anxiety obliged the Pope. "'I lost touch with several interesting ca- English cases. "'It, as I was going to say, contains all the public facts.' He does. Now let me have the private ones, he leaned back with his fingertips together, assumed his most impassive and judicial expression. In doing so, said Dr. Mortimer, where it begins to show signs of strong emotion, I am telling you that which I am not confided in anyone, my motive of holding it from the coroner's inquiry, that a man's sight shrinks from placing himself in public positions, seeing endorse a popular superstition. I had no further motive. A basketball hall, as the paper says, would certainly remain untenanted if anything were done to increase it already rather grim reputation for both these reasons i thought i was just by telling rather less i knew since my prat- no practical good result from it but with you there is no reason why i should not be frankly, perfectly frank i am always very sparsely tampered and those who live near and those who live very near each other are thrown very much together for this reason i saw a great deal with so sir charles westfield the section of mr Franklin, of laffa hill hall and mr stapleton actually in you no know, other men of education within many miles the charles of retirement Charles of illness brought as the giver a community of interest in science kept us so he brings some scientific information for South Africa. Many times in evening we have spent together discussing the Calibre Anatomy of the Bushmen, the Haraldot. Har- in the last few moments, comes increasingly plain to me. Sir so Charles, nervousness was strained strain, a breaking point. had taken his legend, which I have read for you secretly to heart, so much so that, oh, he would walk his own grounds. Nothing would induce him to go out upon the moor at night. Incredible as it may appear to you, Mr. Holmes, is that he convinced a dreadful fate overhung his family and certainly the records he was able to give his ancestors were not encouraging. The idea of having of some ghastly present, ghostly presence, ghostly cons- presence, constantly haunted him. That more than one occasion he was joined me, asked me whether I had him at my, asked, on my medical journeys at night, "'had seen any strange creature or heard the baying of the hound. That had a question. Put me, to several, put me several times, always a voice reverberated with excitement. I can well remember driving to his house, and even some three weeks before the fatal event, he chanced me at his hall door, descending from my gig, I was standing in front of him when I saw his eyes fix themselves upon my shoulder, stare past me with an expression of most dreadful horror. I wished around a just time to catch on the glimpse, something which had took, to be a large black calf passing the head of dry so sighted alarmed was he, I was compelled to go back to the spot where the animal had been and looked around for it. He was gone, however, is it appeared to make the most impression upon his mind. Stayed with him all evening, is on that occasion explained emotion he has shown that you can find to my keeping the narrative which I read to you. For when I first came I mentioned his small episodes, because it seems some importance in view of the tragedy which followed I convinced at the time the matters was entirely trivial, and his excitement as I knew affected, and the constant anxiety in which he lived however communicable. the cause of it might be was evidently having a serious effect upon his health for a few months among the direct distraction of the town, sent him back a few a new man, Mr. Siton, a eventual friend was most concerned of his state of health, was of the same opinion. The last instant came this terrible catastrophe. Catastrophe. The night Sir Charles very more, the butler who made the discovery, sent Perkins the groom on horseback to me. I was sitting at late, late and was able to reach Baskerville Hall. Now, at the event, I checked the collaborator all the facts which were mentioned at the inquest. Followed the footsteps down the U Valley, a sort of spot like mole, mall we seemed to have rated. I remarked the change and shape of the prints. After the point, I noted there were no other footsteps. save those of Barrymore on the soft gravel, finally carefully examined the body, which had not been touched until my arrival. The child lay on his face, his arms out, his fingers dug into the ground, features convulsed with some strong emotion, to such an intent I could hardly have sworn to his identity. There was no physical injury of any kind, but one false statement was made by Barrymore at the inquest. He said there were no traces on the ground around the body, he did not observe any but i did some little distance off, but fresh and clear footprints footprints a man or woman's so the model looked strangely at us for an instance his voice sank almost a whisper as he answered mr holmes they were the footsteps of a gigantic hound